I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. Chris Russell, a.k.a. The Rooster, joins the show today. He is the host of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, writes for Sports Illustrated, and is on 106.7 and ABC7 uh, consistently. Chris, how are you? Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me. How are you? Good. I was trying to put together that intro. You're a busy man. Uh, yeah, I got way too many jobs and, uh, you know, uh, not enough. Uh, well, uh, as the great John Kime says always and has said for many, many, many years, there are no days off when you cover the Washington uh, Redskins. Um, you know, there's there's only days off. So, uh, I mean, uh, hours off, I should say. So, yeah, there's there's not a lot of time off uh, because of the news factor uh, with this organization. And people don't realize, but I guess people realize uh, just how, you know, in insane the news cycle is and how continuous and relentless uh, it is. And it's been like this for much of my time around the team. I'm not saying every year is the same, Doug or every month, or every whatever, uh, but there's been many, 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 many stretches uh, like this where it is just absolutely relentless. Uh, no doubt. Chris, I am always curious about the origin of a nickname. I've got to hear about how you became the rooster. Yeah, so um, so that's a little bit of a complicated one. I'll, I'll, make, I'll make it as simple as I can. So uh, back when I was a youngin, um, which I'm not anymore, I was working national radio in Las Vegas, you know, and we would be a uh, hundred plus affiliates and I would be working the overnight shift. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I'm a loud person by nature. And so uh, Holden Kushner, uh, who used to work with me at 1067 The Fan and worked with me back in Vegas uh, as, as, as we were turning to the, the new century, um, he thought because I was so loud and because I was on the overnight that I would be like barking overnight and waking people up like a rooster would uh, or keeping people awake. And, you know, it kind of matched with the whole last name thing. And so he just gave me the name, the moniker, the rooster. And it kind of just disappeared for about 15 years uh, until, um, well, I mean, I guess I can say, his, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm allowed to, until Chad Dukes, who, you know, I used to work with at 106.7 The sure. Fan, discovered that my email address, one of them was uh, SF the Rooster. Uh, and, and he, so he asked me about it out of the clear blue sky. And so that's how I got labeled with the Rooster moniker once again here in Washington. Excellent. And Excellent. It just uh, Chris, you wrote a, a piece earlier this week about Kyle Smith. It's interesting i had scott abraham on the show a couple weeks back and i thought that i got him to say that this free agent class which has been so successful really was put together by kyle smith but you feel like there may be some uh turmoil uh, i don't know if that's the right word to use but uh the coach was not glowingly in his uh praise of kyle smith this week Right, yeah, and 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 here, I 
again, you know, has a lot of friction or whatever. I, I'm just interpreting what Ron said on the record two different times to Scott Abraham and to Pete Haley of NBC Sports Washington in our daily Zoom call. Um, and, and in kind of interpreting that and then combining that with some of the things that I've heard, you know, loosely that, um, you know, that, that maybe they are philosophically not aligned on everything. And, and, and maybe that's an impossible ask to be philosophically aligned on everything. But I think the way Ron um, said it, not once, but twice, that we have to be on the same page uh, and and I'm loosely quoting here, but it was, you know, the same page. We've just got to be on the same page for him to say that twice. I don't think is by mistake. I don't know that for sure, because I've never been told that they're not on the same page and that they're constantly bickering or fighting. I don't know that. But it was a weird thing for Ron to say twice um, if they're if they are on the same page, if that makes sense. And, and that was my, I guess that was my, my takeaway. And, and, and listen, you know, it's possible that, you know, Kyle Smith at 36, um, he comes from a proud family, a stubborn family. Um, you know, his dad, AJ Smith is, is a fiery, you know, kind of guy. They, they don't take, you know, they're not yes, men. I can tell you that much. Um, and so if, if Ron expected, just because he's Ron Rivera for Kyle Smith to not have an opinion or an issue or a challenge, you know, then Ron probably hired the wrong guy. Um, so, you know, again, I don't know if it's a, a, a bad relationship. I wouldn't think, I don't think it's a bad relationship. I just don't know if it's as harmonious as everybody was hoping. And I think some of that came through in Ron's words. And I mean, you may think different, but I would assume that if Kyle was let go, that there'd be a, a lot of people that would be interested in his services now. Yeah, no, I absolutely. I think, um, you know, I, I think I think Kyle is going to have a, you know, if Kyle is not with the Washington football organization next year uh, and maybe as early as January, you know, uh, and that could be Ron's decision. Uh, decision, then. thousand under Mike Shanahan and Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan think very fondly uh, of him. So does Sean McVay. Uh, his dad is a very, very, very well-connected uh, man in a lot of league circles. So you have that going for him and Kyle's track record, quite honestly, is, is good, right? He's 36. Yeah. Uh, he's not a troublemaker by any means. Um, you know, again, savvy, sharp eye now, you know, has been working on the pro side even though his title was director of college scouting up until, you know, Ron got here, he was working on the pro side, even under Bruce, trying to learn and ramp up the knowledge um, so that he could eventually take the role that he is in now and eventually become a general manager. I mean, that's what path he's on. And, you know, again, yeah, I, I, I think that's going to happen one way or the other. It's just a matter of whether it happens here in Washington or not. Uh, yeah, uh, the, 
Chris, the other uh, article that I was reading that you had this week was maybe not an article, but just to clear up some things about uh, Del Rio and the national story that happened there. Is Del Rio still head coach material, do you think? I mean, do, do teams view him that way? Or um, is he one of these guys that's better off to be a defensive coordinator? You know, I I, I don't know if Jack's – like, I, I don't know if Jack's personality – like the energy and the and and, and the um, the kind of almost um, I I don't know um, super relatable personality to today's player uh, as much as maybe an Eric Bieniemy might or as much as a Brian Flores did uh, and even quite honestly Ron um, you know Ron does it in a different way um, so I don't know if teams would view. Jack Del Rio is having this great personality that could fire up the troops and get people to run through a wall for him. But here's what I know. If you're looking for an experienced veteran head coach who specializes in defense, because maybe your defense stinks and you've got a good offense. with experience then Jack Fitt would agree or disagree is great by any means five top ten categories but because they've given up big plays because they've given up some long third downs uh, because their pass rush was a little inconsistent because their linebackers aren't that good you know there's been some issues I think we all know that so I don't know if Jack is viewed as like a hot I know Jack is not viewed as a hot candidate this offseason, but could he be a fit for a team that, you know, is kind of maybe not attractive to some of the top candidates uh, like an Eric Bieniemy? Yeah, I, I, I think that's possible. And, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe you look at, you know, remember, he was the head coach in Jacksonville. They might have a head coaching situation down there. Maybe they go back to a guy that that town and that city is familiar with who had success. I don't know that. Um, I don't expect him to leave. And I was told categorically, uh, based off of the Lock and Horror report, that there was that there was no intention or no, um, you, you know, no thought at all to, like, the organization letting him go because of performance or personality. Um, but if, 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 if a head coaching opportunity came along for Jack, they're not going to stop him. So that's how I would read all that. Uh, I thought it was interesting a couple of weeks ago, I had brought this up on the show that the coaching staff had said they would be stopping the run on the way to the quarterback. I thought it was a great question. Coach was not real happy when you asked it, uh, but it's the proof is in the pudding, as they say. The run defense has not been real good this year. Um, recently, you know, feels this system. He does have a lot of data to prove, 
that it works with the right pieces doing the right thing. And remember, he said from day one, look, if you have success and you do it our way, we're going to give you all the credit. If you don't do it our way and you fail, are very, very big on that. And all I know is, and Ron talks about this, um, you know, pretty much every week is he wants players and, and the front seven specifically to stay and hold their crease more than they have and to stop fighting some of the hand technique and some of the positioning and alignment technique that, you know, they have fought coming from a 3-4 to a 4-3. Um, whether Ron's completely right about that or not, I mean, I just have to trust him that he knows a lot more than, you know, maybe an individual player or two players or whatever, uh, whoever is resisting. And, and we something he and, and Jack Del Rio obviously hatched uh, out, you know, when Jack was was deciding to to come back to the cast um you know the defensive coordinator eric washington steve has a he had off the board and chose jack del rio so i'd be very surprised if like jack had a very different philosophy uh, then Ron, when it comes to this, it seems like they're fighting the players to totally be consistent in terms of what they want them to do. Yeah. Uh, another coordinator, uh, the offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, uh, when Alex took over the job, they asked him, would he be able to open up the playbook? He said it wasn't really like that, but I certainly would suggest the last couple of games look like they have been more creative, if nothing else. Uh, it looks like they've opened up the playbook, doesn't it? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I do the right thing. Not only execute the fakes and some of the uh, eye candy stuff, but he's going to be able to run the offense the way they want to run the offense. Now, that doesn't mean he's never going to take a bad sack. That doesn't mean he's never going to make a bad throw. We've seen all of that and then some. And I was just looking at some next-gen stats, you know, earlier today. Uh, and, uh, you know, Alex, um, I think he has – Say that again, Chris. You jumped a little bit on me. You were the lowest what? Chris, you there? Yes, Doug? you there? Okay, you, you I got do. Me? I lost you there for a second, but we got you back. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I'm going through uh, – maybe it's because I'm going through, like, rural Maryland here. Um, you were, met, you were so mentioning, you were mentioning the next-gen stat before we lost you there, and I was curious about what you were getting ready to yeah. say there. Okay, yeah, let me circle back. So – I was looking up this according to next gen stats uh, and it was interesting. Alex Smith has one of the, the, the lowest, I should say the lowest 
uh, average completed air yards for passes in the entire NFL. And Dwayne Haskins was just one-tenth above him. Uh, and Ben Roethlisberger actually is about a half of a, uh, a yard uh, ahead of both of those guys, meaning both quarterbacks in this game um, don't really throw the long ball and really don't stretch the field vertically like so many fans and media and people want them to do. Um, and, and, and I guess my point in, all, in saying all that is that a guy like Alex Smith, because they know that he's going to get the football out of his hands for the most part, and they know he's going to make the right read, and they know that he is going to be able to slide protection and make adjustments uh, at the line, it allows them to, again, do different things creatively because they know that they, they have to spice things up because Alex is not stretching the field um, like like you would typically want as your quarterback. So I think all the trust in Alex and then also the limitations in Alex adds to Scott Turner opening up the bag of tricks a little bit more, if that it makes does. sense. Uh, that gets me to my next point, seamlessly, I guess. What's the chance Alex Smith starts at quarterback for this team next year? Well... You know, I mean, obviously, we're all trying to figure this answer out. I mean, I would say there's, in my eyes, I'd probably say there's at least a 40% chance because if we're talking about drafting a first-round rookie, it's it's likely that that first-round rookie is not going to be truly ready on opening day. Um you know, but they have to make a decision on Alex first. And let's be honest, nobody's going to trade for Alex and pick up the final two years of his deal, I don't no. think, at 23 and then 25 million under the cap, even though that's not absurd for a starting quarterback. It's 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 the problem is, is it's a 37 year old starting quarterback who obviously has had a traumatic injury. Uh, to his leg, but an incredible comeback as well. So I don't think a trade is in the offing. Could they let Alex go, meaning just just release him with the thought of, hey, Alex, we're trying to let you go to a team that has a better chance to win a Super Bowl uh, because nobody will pick up the contract, and then you can negotiate your own con. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that happening. But I don't see a trade happening, quite honestly. And if I don't see a trade happening in that other scenario that, that I kind of outlined um, doesn't come to fruition, then that leaves us with, well, Alex Smith is still a, potentially a member of the Washington football team. And again, at $23.5 million for at least next year, it's not an absurd figure. The problem is, uh, just as, as I kind of wind this up, is if you're going to pay Alex Smith $23.5 million, you're going to pay Dwayne Haskins either $4 million in dead money or $4 million in salary cap if he's on the roster, and a first or a second round quarterback, now you're talking about paying roughly $30 million under the cap. We still don't even know what Kyle Allen's situation is. He's an exclusive rights free agent who's not going to cost really any money. But now you're talking about paying roughly about $30 million to all these quarterbacks, and you still don't know who the quarterback of your future is. 
you know, they may think they have one in whoever they draft, who at least would be their guy. But again, you're paying all this money under a compressed cap and you still don't know. It's not like $30 million for Aaron Rodgers. Well, we know Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback and we know he's a stud. They don't have that. So that's the problem with that whole situation. But quite honestly, outside of dumping Alex Smith, Doug, I don't know how you can get around that. And I just don't know if they're going to be willing to to dump Alex Smith, even if it's to do the nice thing for him and to say, hey, Alex, go try and, you know, connect with a contender, you know, somebody that, you know, really wants you that you might be able to lead and push over the top. Speaking about money, Chris, um, both Sheriff and Rulier will be up. I would contend that it's more important to pay Rulier. What are your thoughts on the two linemen? Well, I, I, would, I would say that they're going to view it as Sheriff is more uh, important um, because Sheriff they're going to view as the better player. But I would argue, along with you, Doug, that not only would I rather pay Chase Roulier because he's not going to cost anywhere near the amount of money, but again, that center position is a really, really, really tricky situation to figure out if you don't have a good one and if you don't have somebody stable there. Uh, and I'm not saying Chase Roulier is, you know, an all pro or, or lights out or, or, you know, great, great, but I think he's good. Um, and I think it's really hard when you don't have one that you trust to run all the line calls and the snap uh, in bad weather and in all sorts of situations. Uh, and I think you're adding a lot of uncertainty. So to me, if I was going to have to choose between the two for a variety of reasons, I would choose Chase Roulier. Sounds like you would do the same. I believe they're probably going to, uh, try and do everything they can to bring Brandon Sheriff back. Whether that'll be good enough or not, that I don't know because of the money that he wants and his injury history and, you know, the amount of term that we're talking about, unless they can figure out a two-year term that is satisfactory to both sides. Uh, Reeves, if he didn't out-snap Apke, he got close last week. I was super excited about that. I've been waiting to see more of Reeves. Uh, with DeShazer Everett, sounds like he's ready to come back. Uh, who will lose out on the snaps with Everett coming back, Reeves or Apke? Yeah, I, I think it'll be Apke. Yeah. I mean, you know, you saw Reeves and Apke, like you said, kind of splitting snaps and rotating in. Uh, you know, G Ron seems very – very high on Jeremy Reeves. And I try not to take everything, you know, that any coach, I, I mean, I've just learned this through, you know, a lot of coaches and specifically covering Mike Shanahan and Jay Gruden and now Ron Rivera on a daily basis to not always <clears throat> take everything that they say at the podium or zoom, you know, with complete trust and complete face value. Sometimes they have to, you know, pump up a guy for, different reasons sometimes they have to defend a guy for different reasons but I truly and genuinely believe that he likes Jeremy Reeves and that he believes in Jeremy Reeves remember that was the guy he cited as to the large reason why they didn't bring in Eric Reed who again he has said he likes respects and and, and really thinks can help the team he wasn't willing to put 
Eric Reed on the 53 because he thought Jeremy Reeves deserved that opportunity. So I think you'll see uh, a bunch of DeShazer this week. I think you'll see certainly Reeves. I think certainly you got a bunch of Cameron Curl. Uh, and Apke is active, but I think he's more of a special teamer. And, you know, he's a last resort type option, um, you know, especially against those receivers. And the fact that you're going to have to make tackles in space and quickly and make quick reads and uh, and diagnose things quickly because, again, Ben's going to get rid of the football very quickly to his targets and try and get them to make plays in space. So I, I think that spells, you know, a lot a lot less apke uh, if, if my hunch is correct. Chris, it's been fairly incredible this team this year with the injuries. They have really been quite fortunate, haven't they? I mean, did everybody practice today? Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as I know, now they had practice inside, and uh, I didn't get to hear Ron. I looked through the transcript, um, so I may have missed uh, the official injury report, but that was my understanding. I mean, everybody was practicing yesterday, albeit on a limited basis. Uh, so unless nothing new came up that I'm un unaware of, yeah, you're right. And and that's, look, the benefit, you know, to having all this extra time in between the Dallas game uh, and, uh, and the Pittsburgh game on Monday afternoon. Of course, it was originally scheduled for Sunday, and they would have had a lot of time anyway, but now they have even an extra day. Uh, my worry is not necessarily for this week. It's for next week with the long trip and the very short week and the turnaround and uh, all of that stuff. I really hope somehow, some way they can come out of this Pittsburgh game, um, you know, with, with not a uh, not a bunch of guys that are hurting because it's going to be tough to turn around uh, for San Francisco. But, yeah, they're getting healthy at the right time. Uh, and, you know, I mean, obviously there's guys on IR. We all know that Kyle Allen and Jaron Christian and Antonio Gandy-Golden and Bryce Love. And I mean, they're, they're, they're without plenty of guys, but for the most part, they're not dealing with seven or eight or nine guys that are questionable going into a week 12 game, which is huge because most teams are. What is the deal with Antonio Gandy-Golden? A guy who went on IR and then we never heard from him again. Yeah, um, is he, is he yeah, going to I mean, be ready to come back this year at all or no? I would doubt it, but I yeah. mean, maybe if they, um, you know, if they suffer an injury in the receiver group, I, because, you know, my understanding is he's close, if not ready to resume football activity uh, at the very minimum in practice. Okay. Um, now, they have not activated that window yet, so they're either doing that because they don't feel he's quite 100% or because they don't feel like they need him right at this point to activate that 21-day window. And, and I'm not quite sure because Ron, you know, the, Ron's really good about a lot of things. Ron's not great at <coughs> giving us injury information, um, and, and, and things are just harder to get this year. Uh, because of the rules. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I know I've tried to bump around on that issue uh, and I've been uh, turned down. Uh, so, so I, again, I, I hate to not give you a straight answer, 
but it's either he's not 100% yet, uh, and that's why they haven't activated that window, or maybe he is, and they feel like they're just waiting so that they have, you know, more time and less of a restrictive window, even though that window is like 21 days. Uh, and, and remember this, when Antonio went out, and even when he was playing earlier this year, you know, Ron and Scott would always talk about how raw he was and how long, you know, far he had to go uh, in terms of overall becoming a, a, a good all-around receiver. And he had the concussion issue, which knocked him out for two weeks in training camp. And now he's been out since, what, week six. Uh, so that's, you know, another month and a half where he hasn't been able to practice and hasn't been able to play. So where is he at in his development? You know, probably not not near enough where they feel comfortable in a big spot throwing him out there. Chris, we finish each Friday with a little over-under, and we appreciate you giving us some time today. Are you ready to play? All right, let's do it. All right. After a couple of weeks where Smith lit the league on fire, he's come down a little bit. Let's put the passing yards at 250 for Alex. 250 on Monday, I'm going to go under. Uh, Gibson is finally starting to put it together, it looks like. Let's put uh, 100 yards rushing for Gibson. Um, 100 yards for Gibson on Monday. I'm going to say, I'm going to say over. Uh, I think they can crease them a little bit on the run. McLaurin is the captain now, as they say. Let's put him at 100. By the way, it's almost impossible to stop Terry from getting 100. I, I don't know if what you feel about this. It's just it's incredible that they know he's basically the main receiving option, and yet you just cannot stop the kid from getting 100 yards. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean he's really, really, really good. Uh, now, listen, it you know, even Steven Sims, you know, have, have contributed a little bit, right? So it's not all on Terry. Um, but, yeah, it, it, there's no doubt it, it's hard. I'm going to say under, again, pretty good. Um, I'm going to say on Terry for 100 because, again, I think – if Washington's going to move the football, it's going to have to be uh, with, you know, a, a good healthy dose of the running game uh, and, you know, maybe some of the shorter pass type stuff to get the ball. Big Ben, had, I think I saw, is getting the ball out of his hands in three seconds or less. Let's put the defense at four sacks for Washington. Uh, I'm sorry, can, can you repeat that, Doug? You went out there sure. for a second. Yeah, no problem. I said uh, Big Ben has been one of the fastest in the league at releasing the ball at around three seconds, I believe. Let's put the defense at four sacks on Monday evening. Yeah, I, I, it's even less It's even less than three seconds. It's, uh, it's, it's the lowest in the league, I believe, and it's about 2.3 uh, seconds time to throw per next-gen stats. Uh, I would say they're going to be under in terms of four sacks. Um, yeah, I, wor I worry about this significantly on Monday. I do too. Uh, Pittsburgh is not good at running the ball. 
Uh, defense will have to pick it up there. Let's put Pittsburgh at 125 yards rushing. Uh, I'm going to go under, especially because we don't know the exact status of James Conner yet. Uh, yes, I, I, yes. Well, I haven't seen yet whether he plays or not. Um, and last one, let's put Trustway at four punts on the game. Four punts on the day. I'm going to go over uh, for Tress the Pro Bowl punter way. Uh, I'm going to go over Tress way. Chris, any way they can pull this game off on Monday? I've actually seen a couple of the national folks start uh, picking Washington, <laughs> which surprised me. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I think even though the record obviously is going to tell you Pittsburgh should be favored, and they are, uh, and it's in Pittsburgh, and the crowd is not a factor. Um, you know, because of the turnaround for Pittsburgh, the rest for Washington, you know, the confidence that they have, Doug. Uh, and I, I do think they match up fairly well on the defensive side. Uh, look, worry a little bit about them defending Ebron and, and obviously Chase Claypool in the red zone. But they've been pretty, you know, they've been pretty good in the red zone, not against tight ends, uh, not against big receivers. Um you know, but I, I think they'll be able to keep it themselves a chance. So I would say it's unlikely that they win. But do I give them a 15 to 20 percent chance? Yeah, I do. I really do. Uh, and I definitely think they'll cover whatever the final number turns out to be. You know, if it's 10, 10 and a half, I'll even say at nine and a half, I'll definitely take Washington plus the points. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think this is like a three or four point game, definitely. Uh, hey, Chris, uh, as a man whose nephew has special needs, it has been really cool to watch your son Tyler's development that you've shared through social media. And uh, I can't thank you enough for that. I think it's really, really important. Oh, that's sweet. I, I And I didn't know that. And I, I, I'm happy to hear. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, definitely, um, you know, keep, keep being there, you know, for him. And, and I appreciate you doing, you know, uh, saying that and, and, and loving your family. And um, yeah, Tyler's, you know, I mean, he's a handful and then some, but, you know, he's a great kid and a young man, I should say now he's 19. And, um, you know, I mean, uh, I just, you know, I, I just try and, and, and love him and treat him uh, the way he wants to be treated and the way he should be treated. And I don't look at myself as doing, you know, anything special at all uh, by loving a child with special needs. Uh, he's the special one. So. No doubt. Busted. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate the time you gave us today. Yeah, you got it, Doug. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Sorry for uh, rambling and whatever while I drive here, uh, through the uh, mountains of Maryland on my way to see Tyler up in uh, uh, where the pro football hall of fame is in Canton, Ohio. And then, uh, and then I'll swing back through Pittsburgh on Monday for the game. I, I wondered, uh, you, you'll be there at the stadium. I will. Yes. Uh, I'll be at uh, Heinz field. Correct. Yep. Excellent stuff. Chris Russell, everybody.